Welcome to Tasso Tech Talks. I'm Ben Greenstone, the Managing Director of Tasso Advisory. On this podcast, your hosts, me and my brilliant Tasso Advisory colleagues, will discuss all things policy and politics with our expert guests. We'll go in-depth on the big issues for tech companies, exploring what might happen and what it all means. Across the world, politicians, policymakers and regulators are increasingly focused on technology and the companies behind it. This poses a major risk to tech companies' reputations, their ability to operate and their profitability. It also offers opportunity to shape the environment in a way that works for them and their business and to be known for what they do well. As they say in DC, if you aren't at the table, you're on the menu. Welcome to the latest episode of the Tasso Tech Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mia Bartoloni, Policy Manager at Tasso Advisory. Artificial intelligence is set to be the definitive technology of the century. Over the past year, AI has soared up the policy agenda as its transformational effects on society have become more obvious. In the UK, the estimated £15 billion AI ecosystem has been highlighted as a possible jewel in the country's tech sector crown, with the potential to unlock significant growth and innovation across the economy. But AI has also sparked concerns amongst wider society and attracted the attention of regulators over worries that it could impact jobs, disrupt our faith in online content, and pose profound ethical questions about our relationship with technology. In just March this year, the government set out its so-called pro-innovation framework for AI through its AI white paper. The government has said that it will pursue a lighter-touch approach to regulation than the Comparable AI Act in the EU, which has been criticised for its overly prescriptive, risk-based approach. But what exactly is in the white paper? What does it say about how the UK government sees AI, and how might this affect the thinking of businesses using AI in the UK? Joining us on this month's episode to discuss what regulation means for industry and innovation are Camilla de Coverley-Veal, Policy Director at Coadeg, the policy voice of tech startups and scale-ups in the UK. Also joining us today is Guillaume Bouchard, Founder and Director of CheckStep, a global content moderation platform that uses AI to detect and action harmful user-generated content online. Welcome Camilla and Guillaume, thanks for joining us. Thanks Ben, lovely to be here. Thank you Mia, glad to be here as well. Great. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty policy and what the government is planning for AI, I would love to paint a little bit of a picture of the UK's AI ecosystem. So Camilla, you've obviously worked very closely with um, many high growth AI startups. Can you briefly give me a few examples of what these startups are doing with AI? Sure. So I think the way that Codec thinks about the AI landscape uh, in the UK is in sort of three distinct buckets, three different types of uh, company and, and startup. So the first is companies like DeepMind and other deep tech startups, which are really pushing the boundaries of what artificial intelligence uh, can do. Then in the sort of middle bucket, we have companies making AI applications to insert into people's tech stacks. And these tend to be sophisticated and built on top of general models such as ChatGPT. And then in the final bucket, we have companies that are sort of innovating in distinct niche areas where you need sort of particular data sets to train your models and develop your models. Um, So the best example of this is probably uh, AI-enabled diagnosis tools. It's very good because I created actually two startups in two different buckets in AI. So I created a deep tech startup called uh, Bloomsbury AI that was sold or exited to Facebook in 2018. We were doing a similar to ChatGPT, an AI that can read text and answer questions and reply to you in natural language. It was a spin-off of UCL. 
on more recently, I created basically the, the shield against uh, AI abuse or user abuse online. And so this is mostly reusing. So it's the second bucket came here, uh, reusing um, other AI providers to basically give to our customers the best AI solution and uh, with the goal to provide an AI to make online content safer or online be behavior safer. So it's a, it's a new industry called safety tech, uh, which is rising in the UK and in the world. That's great, Guillaume. Thank you. And obviously, um, issues of content moderation uh, and online content and the need for robust trust and safety frameworks is of huge importance at the moment, especially with the forthcoming online safety bill. So it's really great to hear about your experience and especially across the two buckets, as you've mentioned. So now to go a little bit into the policy. Obviously, the government's AI white paper and its plan for pro-innovation approach to AI is going to touch on the work uh, that both of you do. Camilla, Kodak has engaged closely with the government as they've developed their approach to AI. High level, could you tell me what exactly the UK is proposing through the AI white paper and what conceptually is shaping the government's approach? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, high level, the government is trying to make sure, I think, that A, uh, innovators can still get through and can still innovate and that we don't sort of crush our AI ecosystem and that different regulators can regulate AI uh, in their sector, so the particular AI uses in their sector. And I think that's a fantastic start because the range of potential uses for AI are so varied and so distinct that there can be no one regulator to rule them all. And different regulators are going to have to deal with AI in their own sector, if only because they are experts in their own sector. And I think two great ways of looking at this. One way is sort of a Chicago professor who talks about the horse has transformed human life, but we don't have one rule for horses. Or the technology analyst Benedict Evans uses the analogy that we don't have uh, one rule for motorized transport, but we have different rules for cars, planes, boats. So I think the way the government has started to think about it is a, is a fantastic start. And obviously, we can talk later about particular debates about how we approach AI and what safe looks like. But as a sort of way that the government has sort of sat down and looked at it, I think it's a fantastic start. No, definitely. And it's great to see um, the government taking this more flexible approach. Guillaume, do you have any first impressions on what the UK government is proposing? So I agree, it's interesting. <laughs> let's let be like that. So there are good good things, which is a pro innovation. So this is why, by the way, uh, I left France to create startups in, in the UK. It's for its uh, innovation ecosystem and being pro-friendly with startups. So that's great, but uh, AI is particular. I think we are overly optimistic on having read this and read also the EU AI Act, which is somehow the counterpart of UK approach. The EU AI Act is maybe more rigid, but uh, much clearer. Here, uh, there is a lot of open questions. I think that overly, uh, we are a little bit optimistic on the, the ability that it's siloed uh, into uh, regulators. It's a good. It's a good thing because at least you know you can, you can have um, specific regulations dedicated for medical uh, AI versus transportation. There is no reason that you have a high level principle, but uh, we can trust each regulator to be really uh, focused on the highest risk in each of these um, these markets. So this is good, but I'm just afraid that it will be similar to the online safety bill that will keep adding things on a constantly changing regulation. And that's, 
I think is, is quite sad because I see a, a, a pattern repeating for overregulation, which is in the UK, they want to be very flexible, but at the end, it, it ends up with, you know, very slow moving regulation, maybe a little bit overly optimistic because AI is really some, uh, something uh, changing the world. That's really interesting to hear your perspective. And yeah, it will be important that we stick to this light touch approach is, is what I'm hearing from across the board. Camilla touched on this issue of online safety. And obviously one of the key arguments in favor of additional regulation of AI has been concerns over the possible safety of the technology. This has increased since Dr. Jeffrey Hinton, a pioneer of AI, left Google recently to speak about his concerns. Guillaume, what do you think about this, especially given your experience of using AI within your business? I'm very impressed by Geoff Hinton, who is basically our grandfather in AI. He started in 86, uh, being really, really a visionary on his whole career. Everybody knew him. It's really, really great what he, he said. He said, like, just, I need to speak freely. I think Google is doing the right things, but I really want to be free into, uh, into doing that. Uh, I think not everyone is acting like that. If you have created, it's a little bit, I, I don't want to say it's Frankenstein because it's not what will happen, but it's somehow you create, you know, you, you create something and then you realize, wow, actually it's more powerful than what I thought it would be. And if I had known, maybe... I would slow it down. I wouldn't have done that. And that's what he's saying. It's very powerful from one of the, uh, the key leader in the, in the industry. And I think this, this has to be listened because we tend, especially the tech industry, to be uh, very optimistic and tech-focused. But here, it's, it sends a signal. I think these signals need to be, to be listened. We have to be really, really serious about uh, AI safety. Okay. And Camilla, in your view, do you think startups and businesses working with AI are considering safety and the wider possible implications of the technology on society? For example, are they factoring in ethical considerations during their product or service development? Yes, completely. But I think what we mean by safe and what we want to achieve by safe and what safe looks like uh, is very different for different uses. So um, SAFE in an AI diagnosis tool will look very different from a work productivity tool or, I don't know, a chatbot that helps you come up with uh, writing witty opening liners, uh, lines for Tinder. So um, it'll look very different. And I think one of the ways that that is sort of trickling down into initial debates at the moment, or at least one of the ways we talk to startups about it at the moment, are debates like transparency standards. So if you're looking at medical diagnosis, for example, you might decide that it's absolutely critical for safe AI use that you have incredibly high levels of transparency, even if that meant that your model was not the most efficient or, or high quality. But for something uh, of a less, say, critical use, you might decide that it's safe enough to have an explainability standard. So you may not be exactly sure how the model has made its decision, but you can plausibly explain it. So I think SAFE will look very different depending on the use. And, and that is why I think it's, it's so critical the way the government has decided to approach AI regulation through this way of looking at the particular use, the particular sector regulator. And in the white paper, one of the arguments that the government makes in favor of this lighter touch approach is that businesses using AI are already being held back by a patchwork of legal regimes and further regulation could cause confusion or increase administrative burdens. Guillaume, do you think this is fair? And what has your experience been so far of the AI framework in the UK? No, I often hear that. Oh, let's not over-regulate it. <laughs> but I don't have an example. I have more examples of regulation that created business 
than, especially in this case, uh, regulation harming the industry. I don't see why are we afraid of over-regulating AI? Because anyway, we know it's a big business. People will not stop. They, they will use more AI safety, which is another industry that will rise. But I'm not sure I understand this argument of saying it will basically slow down innovation. Everybody's jumping on it. There are thousands, I think, uh, companies created on top of ChatGPT just in what, five, six months? Thousand. Can you imagine? Okay, it's in the world, but a lot of them are in the UK. I don't think putting some clear restrictions, especially around autonomy, on the threat to to people's safety will really uh, slow down. Yes, it might slow down one or two weeks, but what is it if we really save lives? And Camilla, really interested to hear your perspective on this. Do you think startups find it difficult to know which regulator they should be looking to? Do they find the current system to be a patchwork of different kind of rules or guidance? Yeah, when I think about this, I think the most immediate place you can definitely look at where where startups struggle at the moment with regulators are all our rules concerning data. There are rules that can be confusing to startups, not for every startup, but certainly for some around, you know, under what circumstances you can use data or uh, when you can use data, what constitutes legitimate tests, approaches indeed to automated decision making. So, for example, a lot of fintechs have problems with how the regulators look at automated decision making. So those are all things that I think the government is looking to remedy within their current uh, data reform bill. And uh, Kodak has high hopes for that. But I, I think with a lot of regulation, it's it's remembering that startups often don't have large compliance teams, or if it's just the founder, they're having to deal with it just themselves. They're often not specialists in the regulation. Lawyers can be costly. Um, it can be difficult to sort of understand exactly what the regulator wants. So it's making sure that it's not just the, the law that we improve, but it's also talking uh, to the regulator and saying, this is really helping startups or this is really hindering startups. And I think also often making sure that regulators are not within their own bubble when they just talk to other regulators and sort of big compliance teams and lawyers, uh, people who just do this every single day. And remembering that a lot of founders uh, have had this, you know, incredible, interesting idea and a cool coding concept or whatever it is, and then they're having to deal with regulators. So just making sure that regulators are not always within a, a particular bubble where they're just speaking to that bubble. So the government has said that it will prioritise ongoing stakeholder engagement to fine-tune its approach. Camilla, if you had the opportunity to sit down with key policymakers today, what would be the one thing you'd ask from them? So I think above all, startups want rules which are clear and which can be complied with. So I think that uh, when Coedec did our first sort of deep dive into AI startups last year for a report which was imaginatively entitled What AI Startups Want from Future Regulation, one of the only sort of big pieces of legislation we could really look at was uh, the EU's draft EU AI Act. So some of the early drafts of that were particularly concerning when we were looking at rules that said, you know, for example, your um, your AI systems must be trained on data sets that are completely free of errors. And I've never met a founder that is sort of blasé about their data. They always want to make sure their data is free of errors. But whether that's technically feasible or not, I'm not completely sure about that. And also, it wasn't completely clear what the AI Act was an error, like what constitutes an error. So I think, yeah, definitely what is compliable with and, and what is clear. Obviously, there's lots of debate uh, about things to come about, you know, how much of your model is it appropriate for the regulator to see or, you know, who is liable if something goes wrong. And that's too much for this podcast. Like if, if I've got an elevator pitch for this, if for future sort of AI frameworks of regulation, it's yes, be clear and make sure the rules are actually technically feasible. 
Apologies, Camilla. That was a big question, but you did you did well to answer that. <laughs> and Guillaume, what more do you think the government can do to create the right environment to harness the benefits of AI? Um, what do you think could be done to support innovation from Checksteps perspective? To support innovation, um, clarity and speed. They are the two main factors that would enable the UK to to be fast. But it seems that there is a confusion between clarity and the light touch. Uh, I think we shouldn't confuse light touch and clear. Yes, I certainly agree. Do you have any parting words for us, either Camilla or Guillaume? For me, I would say that on the online safety, uh, the regulators are quite good. I mean, uh, we are working with two types of regulators. So the ICO for the data privacy, as well as Ofcom. Uh, which uh, is, will be mostly responsible to enforce that content moderation is done properly through the online safety bill. And they have properly staffed 300 people. And they really do their job. They call us, they ask what is the best practice. They, they really look at what is done in the UK, uh, what is done outside the UK. I'm quite impressed by the support that uh, we have by the regulators. I hope this will be this will continue. I don't know who will be the, the, the regulator. I think the ICO, which is responsible for privacy and data, will probably have play a big part in the AI Act or something like that, the UK AI Act. And I hope they will they will continue to have uh, you know dedicated teams to look at innovation, uh, look at technology, and understand what are the <laughs> safeguards that we can put in place, both in technology or just uh, best practices. It's very uh, useful. I just hope it will continue. And the last word is that it's very important to realize that this AI regulation is going faster than any regulation that happened in the past, in the in the world. So the online safety took 15 years to come up and we are still not there. But the AI Act, uh, I think, or the, this AI regulation, they started two years ago. And they will probably be voted within the next two years. So it's quite impressive. It's not fast enough, but it's quite impressive. So I would <laughs> stay on a positive note, even if myself, I'm uh, personally very scared by what will happen in terms of the technology. I think nobody realizes how far the, the AI possibilities are, which is very exciting. But at the same time, there is so much danger. It's important to, to be conscious that this will evolve over the next few years. I'm sure that we have this podcast in a year, which will be completely different. Yes, you're certainly right to highlight both the opportunities and challenges. Uh, thank you, Guillaume, and thank you, Camilla. And with that, it's time to wrap up the show. I want to say again a big thank you to our guests and to all of you, our listeners, for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying Tasso Tech Talks, remember to subscribe to get episodes when they land and leave us a review to help more people discover the show. If you want to keep up with Tasso Advisory on social media, make sure to search for us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you want to talk to us about your tech policy or policy communications needs, email us at hello at tassoadvisory.com and we'd be happy to help. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and we'll be back for another episode next month. <laughs>